Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum Chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. This podcast is brought to you by Factor Human Resources Private Limited. Factor Human Resources is one of the most trusted HR partners in South India for staffing services and data management. Hi and welcome to an all new episode of Insight NIPM Talks and you are with your host Ajish. Today we have with us one of my good friend Tojo Epen. Tojo currently works as India Managing Director for Armorblocks Cybersecurity Organization headquartered in Sunnyvale, USA. Armorblocks built the world's first natural language understanding platform providing a new way to intelligently detect, alert and protect against identity related attacks and data losses. Previously, Tojo served as partner and APAC HR practice leader at uh, Stanton Chase, one of the top retained executive search firms. He has more than 20 years of work experience, including 10 years as global HR in Europe and in US. Tojo's experience include working with organizations like Nokia, Poly, Polycom, Quest Global, UST, and as independent leadership consultant. He holds a master's degree in human resource management from Rutgers University, where he was was the recipient of the SHRM HR Leader Scholarship, BTEC degree in Civil Engineering from College of Engineering Trivandrum and multiple certifications. Good morning Tojo, great to have you as part of our podcast. How are you today? Good morning Ajish, uh, pleasure to be here. Wonderful initiative from NIPM side to have this uh, podcast. Uh, great to see such discussions in progress and uh, wishing you the very best. Happy to be here. Tojo, tell us something about your organization that you're currently involved with. So currently I work with an organization called Armour we are into cybersecurity, specifically focusing on artificial intelligence and deep learning based uh, cybersecurity and something that you would have heard about used quite a lot in the world today, which is a term called natural language processing. So if you think Alexa and Ceres of the world use natural language processing. So we are the first organization in the world to introduce or to work on natural language processing in, in the in cybersecurity. So we are we have a platform that's now focusing on email security to start with. Eventually, we do want to expand further into other applications which include file sharing and messaging and whatnot so this is a very hot pace um, with uh, 
multiple applications in the world of cybersecurity and i am accountable for india operations Thank you Tojo that's really nice it's it's a pleasure to have you here Tojo quite recently we are seeing a resurgence of HR the way HR has uh, you know operated in past uh, that's not the way how the HR is operating t- as we speak today okay so can you tell us something about like what are the typical sweeping changes that you have been seeing in this uh, the HR landscape that's a great question ajish um, when i look at the evolution of the discussions in hr uh, hr in itself is is not in a silo or a, or a bubble right so uh, when we look at hr hr is definitely a reflection of the larger world and things that happen in the larger world that's the way i'd like to see it right and uh, the role that hr plays probably uh, changes or has evolved quite quite a lot but uh, if you look at uh, the overall landscape so if i take a step back and say what's been happening in the larger environment uh, especially in the recent years coming back to your question i would say the one key thing we've been talking about during recent years is that the whole focus on the fourth industrial revolution or that's where all this started right so the the, the internet of things and how uh, the world has been evolving the way i'd like to simplify all of that is to is by saying the whole evolution of technology and digital i think uh, has been the fundamental shift in the whole world and it is touching everything that we do we work we live there is whole landscape is is left untouched there's no stone left unturned when we talk about technology digital and and along with that comes the interesting connections of uh, data ai and automation right so and then when we look at technology there's this whole cloudification quick access where it doesn't matter which environment you are in you need to be able to get access to the data that you're looking at so that's one big shift in in technology where the whole cloudification moment is there the and i would like to call that the the other side the appification moment because there's this whole discussion of how do things become apps and uh, become easily accessible uh, in terms of all the data that we deal with right so if you have to take that parallel into hr the same thing applies to hr right we're looking at uh, how the world has shifted in recent years now now we come into the pandemic uh, discussion right and the great resignation that has followed the pandemic discussion so uh, again uh, these changes or shifts have just gotten much faster in recent years thanks to the the pandemic it has not gotten any 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 slow one but rather it's gone in the straight opposite direction where we've had many leaders including i think satya nadella as the world say that uh, we have to, we have got the pandemic to thank for the the digital revolution to happen much faster across our bodies so i would say that these changes are driving hr and the, the world of hr tech which no hr professional leader can uh, ignore or can afford to ignore at any that's true tojo that's very true what you're saying we also see that you know that has that's also setting a change in the expectation the organization and the leadership has on the hr team have you also sensed this change in expectation from the leadership on the hr that's a great question ajish uh, absolutely in recent years uh, thanks to the pandemic um, hr has come to the forefront uh, of uh, the leadership discussion in organizations right and uh, if you da- reflect back and think why that's happening one is clearly the the whole environment of uh, the natural ways of working uh, or the expected natural ways of working within organizations shifted in a very short period of time organizations were forced to transform to the virtual world of working organizations were still expected to keep the high levels of productivity high levels of engagement 
And uh, which better function to look at in terms of exploring all of that and trying to get a deep down understanding of how to engage with all key stakeholders in a in a huge, uh, hugely changing environment, right? So, which very few people expected to happen uh, in a in a quick period of time. And uh, one has seen that during this period, the uh, you know HR went from being a function on the side. Uh, to being a function on the forefront of driving some of these uh, changes, supporting uh, leaders, and actually not just supporting, but being leaders uh, in ensuring that the organization can thrive, the people can thrive, the people are well supported. But it's not just about employees, right? But just also thinking beyond delivering work for customers seamlessly, uh, in the new world. And uh, it's funny because the new world has become old now. We spoke about the new world two years back when the, the, the pandemic started and uh, and it's, it's it shows how quickly the organizations and HR as a function has been able to step up. The cutting edge HR functions and teams have been have put themselves on the forefront of those discussions in organizations. Uh, this has been an opportunity for many other HR teams and HR leaders to also step up, become active partners in helping drive organizations towards business success and impact. So you rightly, you know, touched upon that particular point. We used to talked about you know, appification. We spoke about cloud movement, which is happening in HR. So there's a lot of technology enabling, which is coming into HR, you know, and we also see that lot of things which traditionally the HR team has been doing is actually going the tech way, you know, with the AI ML coming into the picture. The entire transactions and data management role is now managed by the machines. Now, given that scenario, what do you think is going to be that sweet spot where the people are going to be involved and what is going to be the growth of people in HR? In terms of the shift, you're right, uh, the fundamental shifts are happening. Uh, I, I personally think there's a long way to go for HR teams to adopt technology. Uh, uh, the the forward-looking organizations have uh, progressed uh, quite a lot in that direction. But the, if you look at the larger cross-industries, the larger uh, environment, I think there are a lot of opportunities for uh, HR functions and teams to adopt uh, technology. So uh, without doubt, uh, to, your, to your question, te being technologically agile is, is at the heart of the future of being uh, efficient and uh, impactful uh, function within any organization. Uh, now, coming back to your question uh, around AI and uh, machines uh, picking up a lot of the work, uh, I think that's still work in progress, but the opportunities are huge. Now, if you were to you know, ask me, I, I think it, once organizations start to adopt uh, these new cutting edge technologies and applications and uh, platforms, there are more fundamental questions uh, to ask. And this is not just HR. I think it's a leadership question. It, it's about uh, also trying to understand, uh, have we defined the right problem statements? Have, are we looking at the right use cases? Are we looking at, uh, you know, if you look at uh, AI as the solution to all, that's great. But if we don't have people asking the right questions, defining the right problem statements, I think we'll run into trouble very soon with AI as well. The, the famous examples, I don't know if you, if you remember this, the, especially in hiring, there are a couple of famous examples, including from Amazon, where they ran an AI system and uh, in the end they realized that the system was, uh, in fact, unintentionally discriminating against a certain group of people, right? So so those are the, the risks and the challenges if we blindly start following 
uh, without really getting that quality thinking in place. So uh, to, coming back to your question, I think we should, as an HR function, we should never lose sight of uh, the fact that there's always critical thinking, quality thinking to uh, to follow as a first step. The other angle to the whole AI problem is also that uh, you know many times it's the, the IT technology, sometimes even the data teams that get involved, and sometimes the HR teams don't get involved as much as they should be in, in resolving some of these AI questions and problems, right? So, so I think the, there's definitely a big step forward in terms of developing such critical thinking capabilities and if and to be a part of such conversations for uh, hr and such organizations right so so that's there the other opportunity for hr is to bring together that multidisciplinary understanding of skills right so hr is not just about hr and dr david famously says hr is always about the business right so so the function exists because and, and like any other function uh, to add value to the business and, and bring impact. But HR has this unique place, I believe, where uh, there's so much multidisciplinary knowledge, right? It can be a little bit of psychology, a little bit of neuroscience, a little bit of HR processes, uh, the research behind all of that, leadership, talent, organization design, there's organization development and behavior. There's so many different aspects that you know, HR professionals and leaders can bring together. Uh, to keep doing that, I think uh, the, the team members have to be really aware of uh, uh, you know, one key aspect that we've been talking about, change management, right? So, how, uh, and, and again, that's another critical uh, area of knowledge and, and skill that is needed, program management, execution. So none of this is really out of the world blue, but all of these areas are getting heightened focus uh, in the context of everything that's been happening in our uh, environment the last couple of years. Very true. You know, the systems are only as good as people running them and uh, you can have the best of the systems of the world and uh, still really do not know what to extract from them. You know, it can still be a problem in itself. Very rightly said, uh, today, uh, I think in this uh, metrics of urgent and important, we are still, in, I would say, you know, most of the organizations still stuck in the, you know, the urgent cases, and which is typically the transactions, what they have to complete today. And with that, uh, you've gone to the machines. I think this is, you know, there's a large white space which is available for the HR leaders to play around with and take up high priority items and then, you know, work with it. Yeah. Uh, so, Ajish, I'm going to put you on a spot uh, and sorry for that. And I'm going to ask, what do you think in terms of, you know, your observation about HR teams and uh, the adoption of technology and uh, AI related platforms or tools? I have sometimes, you know, a mixed feeling about AI, like the example that you had quoted about Amazon. It's a, it's a very tight rope to walk for any organization. On one side, we are talking about hyper-personalization. We are talking about availability and accessibility. At the same time, we also have concerns with regard to the fairness, transparency, you know, the data security. Sometimes, you know, this, uh, the tech touch ratio is hard to understand and it has to be understood from an organizational context so what fits good for a organization may not be the best for the b organization so it's for every organizations to try and out and understand what is the best tech touch ratio but having said that i don't think there is any other way to go it has to be tech enabled but what should be the ratio and how what i think that's something which is very internal and which is very core to that particular organization to explore, figure out what best works for them. I would say, you know, that would be something that I would want to see in any organization happen. That's great to hear. Thank you for sharing. 
as you said, and you made, you made a very important point about context, right? And uh, I think, uh, yeah, again, that's another area that HR functions and teams and leaders can play a key role, translating context for the organization in the context of any change that, that happens, right? That's, that's excellent. Also tell us, when this uh, change of landscape happens, what are the new age skills that the HR team should actually focus on? And I'm sure uh, the skills would vary across hierarchy. You know, the skills that we may want to look at from a leaders might be slightly different from the mid-level managers. And uh, and obviously, the, the skills that we are looking at from uh, entry-level freshers or maybe the campus will be very difficult. Uh, let yeah. us know what's your take on that. Um, again, if, if I were to bring back all the things that I mentioned about, I think uh, the new age skill is, is being technologically agile, right? If I have to simplify it and not go into all the details, that's traditionally probably not been as highly emphasized, uh, but in the current world, uh, irrespective of the type of organization, right? If one can be in, even in the manufacturing world, uh, uh, there is no escaping uh, using cutting edge technology to be a highly efficient uh, function or even a highly efficient professional. So that the earlier one starts, the better. I think it gets more and more difficult if one starts later. So coming back to your point, you know, if, you, uh, if you are a young professional thinking about uh, you know, what would make me effective, I think uh, that, isn't, that, that has not changed uh, in, in the sense that if when, someone's, when we hire young professionals to any team, you want the professionals to have the fundamentals very strong, and then they should have excellent execution skills. So even when I look back at team members uh, from years back and the ones who have done well, when they got in, they had the ability to execute projects uh, or tasks uh, when they came into the career. And of course, they also had the ability to stay curious, ask questions, you know, clarify. Uh, and, and it was okay to be vulnerable, but be bold enough to speak up and, uh, and feel comfortable enough to speak up. Um, I think that's critical for being an effective uh, HR professional. Uh, now, once people start executing successfully, you build a, a name for yourself in, in strong execution. That's when uh, managers start or leaders start asking the question, is this person promotable, right? And, and that's when the, 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 probably the thinking or the level of thinking needs to progress to the next level, right? One has to think not just myself, my execution, but think to the team, how do I get a team to execute on certain things? And that's when the certain level of skills also uh, go up the chain in terms of advancing. So the pro project management skills probably become program management skills, uh, being able to experiment with technology, being able to encourage others. So now the change is not with respect to self, it's with respect to how, how can one engage and motivate a team or a set of stakeholders around that. And, and then as we get to the leadership function, I think that one thing that's really improved for, from an HR uh, leadership perspective is the ability to be able to see what's coming uh, one step ahead. And so the strategic thinking skills uh, traditionally uh, weren't really asked from HR, right? I think, or required from HR because the uh, requirements were mostly tactical in nature, in my opinion, especially in the Indian context. That's what, that, that was my observation. Now with uh, the pandemic coming through and, and the unforeseen scenarios uh, appearing much faster, uh, organizations have been forced to ask the question from HR in terms of how well are you prepared for a future, some of some part of it is which is unknown. Uh, and uh, suddenly, you know, people have brought back uh, the terminology of VUCA after many years uh, with full swing in day-to-day in, in -day language. Uh, that's been very interesting to hear. So I would, if I were to look at 
you know, when I spoke about these different levels, I think I, I am a bigger believer in mindsets uh, more than anything and, and how one can develop mindsets and keep building on it over a period of their career. So I would say three critical mindsets that I see. One is that, you know, the, the openness to continuously exploring, learning, experimenting. I think anybody at any level, if they have it, there is no uh, end to the level of learning. Uh, so that cl clearly links to learning agility and the growth mindset aspect, right? So the, in a world is, because the world has become more predictable, there's going to be more failures. One has got to be uh, having an open mind towards uh, progressing and working through those failures, right? So at the personal level also, I've, I've worked on these and I've found that these make a critical impact. And also the, the big thing about learning, uh, keeping that multidisciplinary learning, right? So don't get stuck in just HR topics, rather looking beyond and saying, okay, everything that you see and read out there in the world, you know, how can I translate this to my day-to-day -day work and in terms of people management or leadership, how I can help the organization? And that's what makes truly forward-looking HR functions happen and HR leaders valuable. That's true, Tojo. And in fact, you also stole the next question that I had in my mind. Yeah, I've been a big follower of yours. You know, I've seen you, how you keep yourself, you know, up to date, how, how you actually talk about the latest topics. And now it's a curious question. How do you keep your learning buzz on, you know? What are all the things that you do? This is this question I'm asking for not just the practicing professionals, but also as a motivation to the young professionals who are aspiring to become successful like you. So what's your success secret, Tojo? Yeah. Thank you, Ajish. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, a, a wonderful thing to hear that, uh, you know, you follow me. But in, in my view, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's really a relevant topic for all of us, right? So there is no age, there is no uh, level at which learning can stop. And in today's world, that's the only thing that keeps uh, anyone relevant. So to your question, there's never been any better time to stay updated on things that are happening in the world. The way I do it is I try to really select uh, people I want to follow, thought leaders, experts. Uh, and, and the reason why I say there's never been a better time is you know, examples like this. You know, There are an uh, umpteen number of podcasts that one can listen to from all sorts of experts. And uh, I think the risk is the other way. The way I see it, there's too much of information and uh, uh, bits of knowledge and one has to really dig between the noise to figure out uh, how can one maximize the time that one spends. And, and so um, in terms of staying updated, right? The best part of it is you can follow all the, the thought leaders in so many various platforms. It can be you know, it can be podcasts, it can be Twitters of the world, it can be LinkedIn's of the world. You know, there are, there, there are innumerable number of options out there. I think uh, the critical aspect is in identifying what's noise and what's what's truly valuable in terms of uh, the staying updated and staying learning. And, uh, and for me, of course, also, uh, I followed people over a period of time. So it's, it's, it's not never been any uh, a short-term objective to stay updated. I think it's you know, the more you stay long-term and, and again, bringing back that ability to constantly think, reflect, and then uh, try to push yourself to also discuss with other experts like uh, how we are doing, you know, uh, catch up on each other and, uh, and uh, bring together all those things, process them back. Uh, I think once you get into that constant cycle, uh, it's a wonderful uh, process to go through. And uh, I, I, and to your question, one has to, of course, uh, naturally enjoy that to constantly learn throughout uh, the career. And, and as you say, you know, most of us are uh, highly committed to making that happen throughout our careers and life. So that's the learning is not something that is a forced 
or a, or a short term uh, uh, prospect for anybody of us i'm sure this is something that everyone is listening and they this question i guess is going to be the the biggest takeaway very rightly said uh, the problem is not the availability of information but today the problem is the problem of plenty uh, how do we uh, segregate the noise from the fact and then you know assimilate it very important you really do not know the level at which certain noise gets amplified it's so hard to figure out like what's right what's wrong so maybe i think that's the prudence that the person will have to bring to the table and i think the contextualization of that information then becomes the critical factor you know in what context to use that particular information and um, it was uh, wonderful tojo uh, this was just a candid chat with you would uh, want to have more of such discussions going forward i have no other words but just to say a thank you uh, thank you very much rajesh it's been a pleasure to to discuss with you and uh, and i i hope uh, this this is of some value to the nipm listeners and uh, at least leaves with uh, some food for thought for our respective careers as well thank you thank you very much thank you this podcast was brought to you by factor human resources private limited Factor Human Resources is one of the most trusted HR partner in South India for staffing services and data management. The NIPM Talks Podcast Titles Insights is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here. Reference to any specific product or entity or solution does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by NIPM or its chapters. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent.